Welcome to the 7 Days to Amazing podcast, where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week. Now your host, Sharon Haver of FocusOnStyle.com, helping you live the life that others only dream about so you can be the best at being you. Hello, Sheiksters. I am Sharon Haver, and you are really about to be amazed today. I have a super exciting guest on today's episode of Seven Days to Amazing. Julianne Rhodes believes that anything is possible. She is a mother, supermodel, actress, entrepreneur, food activist, ex-pop star wife to Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran turn multi-award winning celebrity chef affording you the luxury of time with the roving stove the los angeles personal chef service that she established back in 2002 julianne is a founding member of parents for safe foods won the golden whisk award for best newbie personal chef best poultry burger in America, Pace Setter Award winner on the Food Network's Ultimate Recipe Showdown and was the personal chef's cooperative, woo, let me say that one again, and was the personal chef's cooperative featured entrepreneur. She has appeared on Community Cooking in Torrance, the Cooking Channel's Foodography, the Lost Chronicles of Food, and as a guest judge on the semifinals of Master Chef Season 5. On FoodNetwork.com, Julianne's recipe has garnered more than five-star reviews than any other recipe from the Ultimate Recipe Showdown. Julianne's unusual past and international lifestyle is represented in her blog, Jewels from the Roving Stove, where she takes on the reader from VIP entrances in Versace to service entrances in her apron. Her pearls of wisdom about a life filled with laughter and glamorous memories with a few scrumptious recipes thrown in for good measure. Jewels from the Roving Stove was voted one of the top 10 food blogs and entertainment blogs in the Blogger's Choice Awards. Welcome, my friend Julianne Rhodes. Hey, girlfriend, I am thrilled to have you share your jewels with us today. Hi, Sharon. How are you? It's great to be here. I'm great. I'm great. It's so wonderful to have you here from L.A. It's a little early for you in L.A. It's kind of midday here (laughs) for me right now. So I know you've got such a cool background and such an interesting life coming, you know, really, because the intro didn't even say enough, coming, growing up as a girl in Iowa, becoming a, a, a real supermodel back in the day. I know you call it model, but it was supermodel to everyone else. Who <laughs> and and, and having, the, having the glamorous life, um, the rocker life and in the arts and moving from London to L.A. to all over the place to like your star-studded wedding, which was kind of insane and over-the-top fabulous. And, you know... <laughs> Starting as a humble girl in Iowa, you want to just give us a little idea. I know we were talking before, and just you know how how it all happens. And you're you're one of the just like myself. You're also a queen of reinvention and of adapting your life as you go. So if you want to just give us a little beginning of how it all happened. Uh, I guess it started with concoction days in my mother's kitchen when I was about <laughs> six years old. 
<laughs> I would I would take lunch meat and Oreo cookies and mash them together and put them in a pan with some water and put them in my mom's oven and forget about it. Mom would see smoke billowing from her kitchen and go, Julianne, you've been in my kitchen again. <laughs> but uh, so those days of the easy bake oven delicacies I'd make my father choke down are, are all kind of paid off when I uh, when they came to watch me win Best Poultry Burger in America on Ultimate Recipe Showdown. so <laughs> That's kind of where it all started. That's how the, that And I think also, you know, the years of modeling and having to watch every calorie that passed my lips and at the same time traveling the world and eating in four-star restaurants on a regular basis, you know, I kind of have to savor every single little bite, and that helped me develop my palate, which served me well when I – decided to become a personal chef. That's interesting because, you know, everyone knows that, you know, I don't, I don't know, for all the years I was a stylist, I don't think I, maybe there was two, one model or two models who, who naturally could eat anything and never gain weight. I mean, I think really is, they say that because it sounds good, but I, I mean, you, you do need to, you do need to make sure you've got an eye on your intake when you're super skinny like that, like that, even though you're young. Oh, absolutely. I, I literally lived on three lettuce leaves a day most of the time. Oh, let's talk about unhealthy. <laughs> so longing for food. Yeah, you know, it, it, that's, I, people thought it was weird that I became a personal chef after being a model, but it's actually kind of a natural progression for me because it meant, you know, it could be, you start obsessing about food when you can't eat food. So, you know, I, I got to get my yayas out when I started cooking for people. Yeah, that's so funny because I know, like, I gained a bunch of weight when I hurt my foot. And I've been trying to be on a diet. So what I do is whenever I sort of crave something, I start looking at, like, food magazines or food websites. And it's like, it, you know, <laughs> if you and if you look at something, it seems so good. It's almost like eating it, right? <laughs> yeah, almost. Well, almost. That's kind of, when I was modeling, I'd, I'd kind of be like the kid with their nose pressed up, up against the window watching everybody else eat, you know. It was you kind of enjoy it vicariously and savor the few bites you do have. So So how do you manage to stay on a diet when you're in a four star restaurant? Uh not easy. I mean that's yeah. why I that's why I w couldn't wait to get home to my own kitchen and learn to make renditions of those things that I had tried and just had one or two bites of in a less fattening way. So, you know, just watching the sugar and the and the salt and the fat that goes into things and figuring yeah. out ways to make them just as tasty but still healthy. Yeah, the fats are just, you know, we know they're a killer. And um, lately my husband, my husband has this insane superhero metabolism. Like he could – he could eat anything, and he and his mother and it make you not, mad. Oh, it makes me want to kill him. And I'll, you know, I'll look at the picture of food, and he'll be like throwing in the butter and the butter and the butter. But we've gotten one of the habits of um, starting getting some of those, you know, the pre-made foods that come here. Which the ones we've been getting, they're okay. But they, you know, he even acknowledged they're not as fattening as going out to eat because we did go out to eat a lot almost every night. Well, you know, the thing people have to remember is when you go to a restaurant, restaurant chefs know that fat, sugar, and salt mean flavor. So they're going to pack as much of that in there as they can. It's just being being lazy at, at creating flavor and coaxing the flavors out. And, and there are ways to do it without putting so many unhealthy ingredients in there. 
Yeah, and also they, you know, when the more fat you have, the more you can drink wine, and the more wine you drink, the higher the bill, the better it is for the restaurant. So it all kind of works yeah, that way true. too. But you, you were one of the the first people who created a, a home food service, and I right, think well, yeah. I, what happened was, if you think about my business as a fashion business, my my personal chef service is like my couture line. It's high end. It's where I go in and I cook for my clients and charge good, sizable fees for doing so. Or I was trying to find a way to reach the masses because I realized the thing that I that I was giving my clients that was in such demand was time, you know, the time to do other things and not worry about dinner and be able to get a healthy dinner on the table in just a few minutes. And I thought about it, and, you know, the average income level of my clients ranged from 150000 a year on up, and the average household in America earns somewhere between forty five and 60000 But they're still double-income families or, harder still, single incomes, you know, single parents trying to feed their families. So they're just as time-starved as everybody else. So how do I make what I do for my clients available to these people, to the masses, by, you know, offering them everything that I do for my clients except the actual grocery shop and cooking? Um, so that's how the personal chef approach started. And, you know, it... I, as with anything that's new and people don't understand immediately, you get the naysayers. And they're not always people that are negative towards you. For instance, my parents were really concerned about the amount of time and, and money that I was putting into this project. And they were constantly kind of trying to talk me out of it. And that's not helpful to have that kind of energy around you all the time. And I went back to visit them in Iowa, and one of their best friends is a self-made billionaire. And he joined us for dinner, and he said, well, explain to me what you're doing. And I told him about it, and he's a venture capitalist. And he turned to my parents after like five seconds in, and he said, leave her alone. She knows what she's doing. She's <laughs> on to something big here. And he was my first investor. Wow. So, you know, that's how you never know how things get off the ground. But, um, yeah, so it was it was definitely very exciting to come up with a completely new business model that nobody else had done before and try and develop that into something international. And, and I know it was really successful, and then you had um, the problem that, I know so many people have, and I've had so many countless times, and that's really dealing with um, freelancers who don't do what they say they're going to do, tech hell, people who really um, have pretty much less than zero levels of integrity, and, and you're depending on them. And I know that yep. could destroy I mean, any business. When you're dealing with web developers, <laughs> you are dealing with the Wild West, you know, it, especially with freelancers. You know, you just, at best, they're not very responsible, and at worst, they can be downright crooks. The last one stole yeah. $14,000 from me. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, all, you learn lessons along the way. And the takeaway from that business was if you want to do a tech startup, you either need the technical capabilities yourself 
or you have to have a tech co-founder. It just doesn't work with, with freelancers. They just don't have enough skin in the game to care to get it done. Absolutely. In fact, and they they're don't... actually invested. They're actually invested in it not being complete because they can keep billing you hourly. So. No, absolutely. And I know this is a, you know, I, I started my degrees in marketing and my actually had a, my really first internship was at a plastics magazine. So I, I went in marketing. So, you know, there, there must be some little kind of geekiness in me that I didn't realize. But then through all my years of being a stylist and, you know, founding Focus on Style, it, the site started in 1999 after my syndicated column. And it didn't ever start out as a, as a site. It started out because I had left my newswire to go to a syndicator. And the syndicator screwed me when my son was, you know, just a couple of weeks old. And he sold my, my column to all these newspapers instead of letting me have maternity leave. So here I was with a, literally a newborn baby and like baby brain mush and I had all these newspapers and finally was able to get out of the contract with him because he ended up forging my signature which was great because I wanted to get out of it yeah and then but I had these newspapers so I'm like oh my god what do I do now I don't want to lose them and they've been so good to me through the years and I need more of them so I started focus (laughs) on style as a b2b site to just promote my column when I was you know my my mommy brain it a little bit and then it got picked up and I was a Yahoo site of the day and I had a web developer and he took down the site and I'm like what the hell and he's like oh you needed it up today so I was crying and I called up Microsoft and some front page remember that web platform front page guy said to me if you go to Staples and pick this up put it on your computer I'll help you get a site and I built my site with this guy crying on the phone until midnight which was right afterwards I was a site of the day that had no site but it taught me a really good lesson on having to learn tech and that you can't mm-hmm. trust anyone early on and and I did most of the tech myself and I did and we know we love to commiserate on these stories here and there through the years you know and every time I got too big for myself and I hired someone to take over I ended up getting screwed in a similar way as you different ways different all sorts of crazy stories but I think for anyone starting out is to keep your business in a way where you at least know what they're doing and that's the lesson I've learned right now there's a problem with my husband's website his medical site that I had nothing to do with and I went and looked at it I'm like my god everything's wrong on this what are you paying a month for this that's insane and I spoke to those people and they're like well what do you know like what do you know little woman I'm like uh honey I got a website since 99 I coach people on their websites you know let me tell you all the things that's wrong in just a five minute glance and I think as an entrepreneur and a lesson that is so important for people that don't bite the bullet unless you can at least come in at midnight and fix it yourself if there's an emergency. Right. I mean, you 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 do need to learn to delegate as the business grows. Absolutely. But delegating but you, doesn't delegate delegation does not mean that you can't that you don't have to still manage. Yeah, <laughs> you, you still you, have you to keep an to, eye on things and be like, responsible. Yeah, you need to understand what it's about so that it's not mm-hmm. always over your head. You know, ideally, yes. and it's, it's you know, if you're passionate about what you're doing, that's exciting. It's very exciting. It's also exciting that you hire people that you have complete confidence can help you live your dream, and they're like, you know, screwing you the over. The best in the back. is when you have a team of people around you who get your vision, and that's mm-hmm. the key to hiring people that share the same vision as you share. They understand your vision so they can help you execute it. Um, 
that you know when you have like-minded people that are equally into the project as you are, it's very exciting. It's it's great, it's great. being able it's, to bounce off of each other and come up with new ideas and new ways to grow the business in different directions. And be collaborative, which I think is just so incredible in working with a team. Well, yeah, true. I mean, as an entrepreneur, we start off on our own, and it can be quite lonely. So when you have somebody to share the responsibility with, it's quite a quite a relief. Hey, excuse me. Let me jump in for a second. We're sharing a lot of amazing things today, but you know, there's more. If you have a friend that you think will also enjoy this episode, don't forget to share it now. Do you like to listen on the go? Simply download this episode in iTunes. While you're there, subscribe and write a review so we can continue to bring you the most amazing content possible to help you be the best at being you in your life, business, and style. For more amazing episodes, go to our podcast library at www.7daystoamazing.com, where you will find episode transcripts and additional resources. Thanks for letting me jump in. Back to the episode. So now you have your wet, your blog, your site is up. It's more about your, you know, your, your catering business, and you still have your blog on there with all your exciting stories and glamour pictures and it's really quite exciting if people want to really to see julianne looking pretty gorgeous in her jewels running around looking kind of <laughs> cool with some recipes in between and her daughter with a beautiful little tiara on her head which is not a bad picture you know <laughs> it's pretty cool well, you know it's it right just now. reminiscing and having fun reminiscing the good times and and Kind of, I always kind of start out with something in the past, bring it into the present, and end with the recipe is kind of the the cycle of of the blog posts that I write. And people are a little at first a little confused by it because it's not a straight up food blog. Um, sometimes I'll write about food, other times I'll write about fashion or music or art or whatever I feel like writing about at the time. Because for me, the the blog is is just uh, my passion for writing. I just love to write so. And also, why should it just be a food blog? You're not just, you know, you're not just a food person. You have a, a very, very, <laughs> very diverse, well-rounded life on so many different ways. So can you, like, kind of tell us, you know, go, from going back in the day and working, you know, traveling with on with a pop band, traveling with Doran Duran, being married to to one, and, and then also in Los Angeles, and I know you've got some crazy stories, too, about celebrities without naming names, but, you know, for the, for the average listener who never got to travel with a pop band and never got to have some celebrity call them up with, you know, money is no object to buy something, you know, can you have any cool stories you can share? Oh gosh, I don't. I'm trying to blank where it now. No. Um, yeah. Um, as far as as working in Los Angeles, I mean, definitely you have clients that are different from anywhere else in the world. I had a a management company call me up while I was doing the tech startup that wanted me to cook for several baseball players. And I said, well, I'm actually not taking clients on at the moment, but I have this chef or that chef. And one of the chefs happened to be a relative of Joe DiMaggio's, so I thought they would go for him for sure. I mean, the man was trained at the Negresco in Nice and a Michelin star chef himself. He's amazing. And they said, no, 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 they want you. And I said, well, I'm not available. And he said, name your price. Everybody's got their price. So I threw out this outrageous number and I, he said, you're hired. You start tomorrow. 
and it was it was probably the easiest job I ever had in my life. I left my house at 4:30 in the afternoon, stopped at the grocery store, got to their house at 5:30, had dinner ready and lunch for the next day, and I was out of there by 8:30, and I wow. was making silly money. But um, you know, it, it's just I think so much of the success of any business is recognizing the opportunities when they come along and grabbing them, just going with it. Don't, you know, sometimes get out of your own way. Don't just follow your plan because sometimes what transpires is a million times better than what you could dream up in the first place. And you have to be open to those opportunities and recognize them and and go with the flow when they present themselves. No, I totally think that one of the best things you could be in any business is is being flexible. And um, because, you you know, I don't think I've ever had any real change in my business that came about because I spent my nights going, oh, what can I do now? Oh, what can it just came to me and I went with it and it went right. And I just think it just makes for a more enjoyable day. And it just. And, and life is flexible, you know, especially uh, you reinvent yourself and your career has changed so many different ways from, you know, from being from a, a model to being a mom to, to being a chef to, you know, starting one business, having another business. It's all it's all so different. And I, I know myself, too. And it's just so many people, especially as they get to a certain number in their age. And, you know, sadly, with a lot of people, it's just 40. You know, they want to change their careers. And what's your advice to them on, like, really reinventing yourself and and, and being ready. Well, I've always been quite a chameleon. I, I've usually gone with whatever reinvention comes my way. And in the past, with the modeling and the acting, those were careers that found me. Mm-hmm. With the cooking, that was a career that I grabbed and I developed and I wanted to take further. So I think I get almost more um, gratification from this career than I did from the previous ones. But, you know, I I don't know whether I just have a short attention span or I always need new challenges that, you know, I I have reinvented myself several times and probably will a few more times before the end of my days. No, I, I agree with you. For me, being a stylist found me. I never woke up one day and said, boy, I can't wait to be a stylist. I just, people hired me. I became a stylist. The next thing I knew it was 15 years. Um, but I, I think if you find yourself at a crossroads and you don't know what direction to take, ask yourself, what is it that I know a lot about and that I'm good at and that I really enjoy? And find a way to turn that into a business. Absolutely. And what, and you, it's also that whatever you know and whatever you enjoy, there's always someone who wants to achieve the level you're at right now. There's always someone who can benefit from your knowledge, who's just you, maybe you last year, six months ago, two years ago, who really wants to be in the spot you're in right now. And I think that's so important for so many entrepreneurs who do share their advice. But sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to get too big with it, but there's someone who's just a couple of steps behind you who really needs some help. And coaching. Well, you know what, Sharon? I have no college degree. <laughs> I have no formal training. I had never worked for anybody before. Other, you know, like I just, as a model and an actress, I never held down a regular job. So, you know, I I tended to sell myself short and not realize 
the skills that I had. And recently I was updating my CV and I realized, you know what, I actually do have a lot to offer. <laughs> I do have great experience behind me. And I think sometimes you just have to stop and take stock of what your experience is. And when you start putting it down on paper, boy, you realize you have a lot more going for you than you ever gave yourself credit for before. Absolutely. And, you know, I just did the same thing myself. And this is a really good point for people also when you're feeling lost, because when we were updating Focus on Style and I redid my about page and I'm like, okay, instead of just listing stuff, I wanted it to be more personal about me and my life and how things came to be. So it was more relatable that way. And Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to kind of get the mindset to sit down and want to do it. And when I did it, I'm like, wow, I never even thought about that. And I think Putting, you know, pen to paper or finger to keyboard, whatever it is, I think it, it, it's such a great awakening about yourself and seeing, and especially with so many people who like suffer from the lack of self-love syndrome, it's like when you really write down what it is and you look at it almost like a third person looking in, I, it, you get some, you get self-pride in what you've accomplished that you maybe just took for granted. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Tell us a little bit more on, like, you know, most of what you do right now is, is in the personal chefing. Like, what is an average day for personal chefs in Los Angeles like? How does it work? What kind of clients? What do they eat? Well, most of my clients being in Los Angeles are either vegetarian, vegan, or Red, red meat haters. <laughs> and most my, the average client pushes a green bean around her plate for an hour and calls that dinner. So when I get clients like the baseball players who want a pound and a half of red meat with every meal because they're building muscle, <laughs> um, it can be a lot of fun. But I, one of the things I love about being a personal chef is my services is custom tailored to each client's needs and specifications. So, you know, no two clients are the same. I never get stuck with the same old, same old. Um, and generally, once I've cooked for a client two or three times, they trust that I understand what their likes and dislikes are and, and any health issues that they need to address through food I know how to do. So they let me have free reign, and I'll write recipes, and I'll you know, come up with new recipes all the time that that keeps it interesting for me. I would get really bored very quickly if I had to cook the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I, I know. Like I was looking at um, one of these recipe services, and I was like, my God, it's the same meal three different ways three times a week. I mean, really? You know, it's just, some, you know, some people find comfort in eating, like, the same thing for lunch every day. You know what? Uh, I find most people don't. They think that, and then once you start cooking for them and they trust you to let you give them variety, that's been probably the 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 biggest stronghold I've had in the industry is that I cook a lot of different cuisines really well, and I introduce variety to people, and they like that. I, I think it's just so important, and and also that they trust you to bring it in because, like you know, if you there really is a trust in having someone cook for you because what happens if you come home and there's a meal in there you don't want? It's just well, you know, and I have clients that have health issues that if I give them something they shouldn't have, they could end up in the hospital. So, you know, it, it's there is a level of trust that has to be earned when you first start cooking for someone. But um, generally that happens pretty quickly with me. 
So what type what type of clients do you have that mostly would hire a personal chef? Uh, I have clients that range right across the board from A-list actors and musicians and sports stars to dentists and school teachers, and I've got a couple professors that I cook for. Um, I once had a guy call me up, a single guy, and, and I have to say it's the one thing that makes me a little nervous when it, somebody comes to me through just the Internet, not through a recommendation. And, you know, I went to this guy's apartment to cook for him, and it was tiny, and I had to set the food to cool out on the coffee table in the living room because the kitchen just didn't have enough room. And when I went to set the food down, I looked over at the couch, and there were sex toys all over it. Thinking, oh, no, am am I going to be expected to do something more than cook? And he looked over at me, and he said, oh, I didn't tell you what I do for a living. I sell sex toys online. (laughs) And we both laughed it off. (laughs) Yeah, I've had all kinds. (laughs) That's a big business. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so if someone is not in L.A. and can't have you, but wants to kind of create their own sort of, I don't know, what's a good way of saying it, their own sort of luxury prepared meal for themselves. Do you have any shopping tips that people can do that, you know, maybe do they go shopping once a week or how how they can kind of create their own sort of Julianne meal prep without you? I think the biggest thing that people don't realize is, the, the staff that work in grocery stores, people treat them like they're invisible all the time. So say hello. Be friendly. Go up to the produce guy and say, you know, I don't know how to choose the best melon. Can you show me how? Or can you help me pick the, the most ripe pineapple? Or, you know, what do I look for in choosing an artichoke? Learn about the produce. Um and ask when you don't know something. Ask where things are. Time, to me, time is money. So I don't like to spend hours looking for things in a grocery store. I'll stop and ask any of the people that work there and say, hey, could you tell me where the flour is or where, you know, where I find chicken cubes or, you know, so that you don't waste a lot of time in the grocery store. You're in and I'm usually in and out. I can buy a week's worth of groceries in less than half an hour. Wow. I have a yeah. funny grocery story, story, a very a, a very LA grocery store, very LA story. Anyway, so when the new um, iPhone came out, it was last year or two years ago that I had just gotten. I was in Santa Barbara and we rented a convertible, and I put the iPhone in the middle and I had a glass of water and I don't know. My husband was driving and somehow the perfect storm of the way that phone was set up. We hit a bump, a little water went in, and my iPhone died. I'm like, oh, my God, I just got it. I just had to pick it up on State Street, and, geez. So we were driving towards Malibu. So we stopped in Mal. I had to find a grocery store. So we finally found one, and it's just, you know, very chic, Malibu-esque, celebrity-esque grocery store. And I, we, I walked in, and I asked if they had white rice and a Ziploc bag. I thought I was going to get tarred and feathered in there. <laughs> <laughs> This guy came up to me and he's like, white rice? I'm like, yeah, do you have white rice? He goes, white rice? We don't have white rice. We have basmati rice. We have this rice. We don't have white rice. I'm like, no, I need white rice. And he's looking at me. And then I'm like, do you have a Ziploc bag? He goes, 
we don't carry plastic products. We don't have Ziploc. And I was like, it's for my phone, you know? And he was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, my God. How California was that? <laughs> well, if you want to get really with it, you use a grocery delivery service like Instacart or Amazon Fresh, you know? Right. Well, this is just to fix my phone. And it was like, oh, my God. You know, the right, you put the phone in the Ziploc bag with some white rice and apparently, like, dries it out. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. So it wasn't for me to eat. It was to fix my phone. And it was like, oh, my God. You know, thank you, folks in LA. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do have regular supermarkets, too. I know. I know. But this one was just so funny. And then it was like, and there was like a celebrity down one of the aisles shopping without makeup. So I was like staring at her, you know. It's like, hmm, okay. Anyway, but so this has been great. You want to give us a a couple of final stories, maybe? I, I know a lot of people... My, you know, my husband is a Durani in this house. We just went to a, a Duran Duran concert last year in my house and in our car. They, he always has 80s pop music. I swear. It's like nothing has happened between like 1985 and today as far as music goes. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but can you have any cool stories of like just being on the road and what that? I know you were, you know, had a whole model scene then and just the rock scene, something, a little tidbit to entice some people. Um, like why? I am, oh, I'm I don't sorry. know. Some Rolls Royce or story or some night in a Paris parties or whatever. Oh, it was pretty wild. It was like living in a bubble. Um, when we were in Italy, we had to, to be transported in Black Mariah everywhere with a police motorcade around us. And we wow. had 5,000 screaming people outside our hotel and Carbonieri with machine guns on each floor outside our hotel rooms. And one day I walked up the stairs to the next floor up to go to Simon and Yasmin's suite. And as I came around the corner, the guy had the gun trained on me, <laughs> thinking I was a fan sneaking up on him. And that was a little scary. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it was have baby, have nanny, will travel. And you just made things work. Which is kind of the same for any business coach. I know my business coach just had a baby, and they do all these events, and they go traveling around with, you know, the nanny, and it works. Yeah, I think the best was Tijana's first birthday party. We were on tour with David Bowie at the time, and staying. we were in Toronto for her birthday, and we're staying in the Four Seasons Hotel. Four Seasons Hotel there. And the traditional English children's birthday party always has what they call jelly. We call jello. <laughs> and obviously, staying in a hotel, I didn't have a fridge or anything to make that set up. And I was kind of figuring out how do I make this the traditional birthday party for her. And one of Nick's bodyguards overheard me talking about it and he got the fans to he bought a bunch of Dixie cups and some jello and gave it to the fans to take home and have them uh-huh. make the jello at home and bring it back for the party and that was pretty cute. That's but fun. you know, Tajana was pretty spoiled. She had both David Bowie and Simon LeBon singing her happy birthday on her first birthday. <laughs> That's great. And David gave her a little teddy bear that said to the cutest number one on tour. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So You've obviously had a pretty amazing life and in all sorts of different, you know, from the glamour to the kitchen to everything. If you had to give people a couple of two, three, four, whatever comes to mind, tips on how they can make their life more amazing this week, how, especially with food, how, what would you suggest? Um, I would suggest sticking with whole foods. 
learn to enjoy cooking. Maybe if, I mean, what I do is I cook for my clients in advance and they just hate to eat the food when they want it and it's, it's, people initially think, oh, it's like having leftovers. It's nothing like leftovers. If you cook the food, package it, label it and heat, heat it correctly when you're ready to eat it, it should maintain the original integrity of, of when you cooked it. Um, and I think by cooking like that, you only cook once or twice a week, and then it's not so much of a chore. It's more something that you can learn to enjoy and create a lot of free time for yourself in doing so. Now, so batching up your cooking, I think batching up everything just makes life so much easier and gives you so much more time. Yeah. I mean, the average person spends about two hours a day thinking about what's for dinner and logistics of getting the groceries and putting it all together. And if you do it once a week instead of every single day, you're going to save yourself lots of hours per week. And, you know, time is at the as, is the one commodity all of us lack right across the board. I don't care what your your situation is. You know, we all kind of live in a time time starved world these days. That's for sure. That's for sure. And do you have any other tips if someone wants to sort of make their, their, you know, to plate their food to make it look a little more elegant, exotic? Do you have any tips on presentation or anything else so that it just doesn't look like a lump of food and it looks so, like if you, anyone looks at your site, you have so many beautiful food photos on there. Oh, thank you. Well, I think, you know, when you're thinking about what to make, think about how it's going to look on the plate. Think about the different textures and the colors and how how putting those together might make it more interesting. Um, we do eat with our eyes before we taste anything. So, you know, you want your food to look beautiful on the plate or on the platter or however you're presenting it. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture you have right now of some pasta, which, oh, God, my evil pasta and I are not getting along, even though it's one of my favorite foods, with some capers and broccoli, and it looks so good. And I don't, Is that fish or chicken? I don't know. It looks like it might be fish. Yeah, I mean, yeah. recipes don't have to be complicated. They can be the most simple. I think the best recipes only have a few ingredients, and, you know, you're you're just dealing with really good ingredients to begin with, high-quality ingredients. That's so true. And actually, it's one of my pet peeves. You know, we have this place in Jackson Hole, and especially out there, I find that when you get to smaller towns, they think that good food, like the fancier restaurants there, means it's a very complicated dish with 18, you know, so that waiter can come over and, and announce the 27 ingredients in it. And what happens is it, it just, for me, for my palate at least, it just tastes too rich and you can't, you know, enjoy it where simple food that's just Perfect and fresh. It's just so much more delicious and, and healthy and, to eat. and more elegant most of yeah. the, most of the time as well. I mean, it's just the the key is using real, starting with good ingredients and and fresh ingredients. Mhm. Mhm. Okay, so this has been great. So where can people find you to look at your site? I know people in Los Angeles should be calling you, but everyone else can start. You know. Going to Julianne's site, following her on Facebook, going to the roving. I mean, yeah, and also the the blog does have recipes on it. So even if you're in New York or Chicago or anywhere in between, you know, you can still try some of these recipes out for yourself. Um, and they, and as, as Julianne said, they start out with this very cool, glamorous story, and then there's a recipe that connects at the end. So it is like reading a really interesting, fabulous diary that also just happens to have a fab menu that you can just pick up and, you know, make for dinner tonight. <laughs>
It is. I so, lo- I so anyway, people website. can find me on my website, therovingstove.com, um, mm-hmm. or on Facebook or Twitter or a whole slew of media social so, social media sites. And just go there. I'm looking at it right now. What do we have? And if you want also a little idea of like some of Julianne's blog tags, which I think are really Really kind of cool. Africa pecan stuffed pork roast with apricot glaze, Ava Gardner. Betty White, Bianca Jagger, Bruschetta. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking steak fixes. Yes, I do Marilyn have a name dropping in the blog. <laughs> so it's right in there, you know. Duchess of York, Duran Duran, Ernst Hemingway, Fettuccine Alfredo. Come on, people. Where else are you going to find a blog like this? So anyway. Well, actually, my ex and I used to play this game. Like, if you could have anybody over for dinner, dead, alive, this century, 20 centuries ago, whatever, who would you have? Ten people around the table. And who would you have and why would you have them? And that's where some of those names come in. Well, okay. I didn't know Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> well, here's another good here's another good set of tags. Indian food, Iowa, Ireland, Iron Maiden, Italy, JFK, Jackie Kennedy, Jackie the Ringling Circus crowd, Clown. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have Jello there. Wait, do I have to go for No, you don't have Jello on here. But <laughs> you should have like Jim Morrison Jello. You know? <laughs> Judge, Judge Judy. <laughs> Francesco Clemente. Anyway, on that note, thank you so much, people. I can't encourage you enough to go to therovingstove.com. Learn more about Julie Ann there. If you're in Los Angeles, definitely contact her for some delicious foods. And if you're not in Los Angeles, get some of the menus and exciting stories. So thank you so much for being here. And um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, and everyone watch her too for, you know, reinvention. Whenever if you're getting stuck in a rut, you know, it's just keep on going. Look at Julianne. Don't be afraid to reinvent. So no, important. No. Absolutely. So you only live once, just live it to the fullest. So thank you, sweetheart. Great to speak with you. Okay, bye-bye, folks. See you next time. That's a wrap. Well, not so fast. We covered a lot of amazing things today. But what's your biggest takeaway from this episode? Hop on over to www.focusonstyle.com to leave a comment and keep the conversation going. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to become a Focus on Style insider. Not only will you get instant access to the Star Power Flash Kit, curated to help you and your business get out there, But as an insider, you'll also receive exclusive bonuses, amazing content, and access to special events that Sharon only shares by email. Subscribe now at www.focusonstyle.com slash insiders. It's your time to be the best at being you. So don't forget to subscribe at www.focusonstyle.com slash insiders. See you on the next episode of the 7 Days to Amazing Podcast with Sharon Haver where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week.